This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. It would be really cool to more understand programming right now. And I think it's such a powerful tool. Like if you know how to do that, you can build really anything. I think it's like if you're not coding, make content. If you're not making content, code. Because you can do anything with those two things. You got to pick yourself up, go backwards, and slam yourself at the wall like 500 more times until the wall crumbles. 25% of middle school girls already believe they'll never achieve their dream career. Dream career. Hi, I'm Kara Golden, founder and CEO of Hint, Hint. and you're Hint. listening to Unstoppable, a podcast spotlighting the journeys of inspiring entrepreneurs. I believe that at its core, leadership is about constantly learning from the people around you. And I'm so inspired by the conversations we're having in our upcoming episodes and can't wait to share them with you. This season, some of my guests include Andrew Dudham, founder of Hims, Erica Nardini, CEO of Barstool Sports, Daniel Dubois and Whitney Tingle, co-founders of Sakara Life, and much, much more. Plus, we asked the million dollar question, what does it really take to be unstoppable? Unstoppable. Let's find out. Hi, everybody. It's Kara at Unstoppable, and we're so excited to have my friend Sarah Dietschy here. I'm so excited to be Yay. here. So round two, yes. we uh, talked to you back in 2018. Yes. Oh, gosh. You were one of our favorites, and we asked you to come back and sort of hear what is going on with Sarah overall. So just to give you a little bit of background, so Sarah Dietschy is this incredible I, I say that you're this incredible YouTube star, but you, to me, you are so much more than that. Oh, I mean, you. you just give such great advice and, and a lot of your content is super awesome. And you ask all these terrific questions over 555,000 yeah, 555, exactly. uh, subscribers on her YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. And basically, if you go on to her YouTube channel, she's up, has lots of uploads of docuseries, tech reviews, vlogs. Uh, I've learned so much through her and learning every single day, but she's also partnered with lots of incredible brands um, like AT&T and Honda and Visa and, and Squarespace, et cetera. She has a weekly podcast called The Creative Life, which is on every Monday, which is terrific if you have not uh, heard it. And, you know, while her YouTube's channel really started with tech reviews. I feel like, again, you're doing so much more when I go on there and, you know, you're talking about lots of things that people really want to know or they didn't know that they wanted to know. She was born in Dallas. Yep. Southerner. Yeah. Southerner she, at heart. She loves peaches, which we'll talk about in a little bit. And she has this incredible relationship with her parents, which I so love that you, you know, highlight that as well. And uh, so take us back a little bit. I know a little bit about you, but so you left, uh, for those of you who have, who have not heard about Sarah's story. So tell us a little bit. So Dallas. Yeah. So born and raised in Dallas, Texas in a burb grapevine, which if you've ever flown into DFW, 
five minutes away from the airport. Uh, so it was definitely, I grew up in a nice little bubble, but because of the bubble nature of the suburb, I really felt like there has to be something more when I started thinking about college. So it, there really wasn't a ton of options just because I knew the uh, college was so expensive. So I, I worked pretty hard in high school and I got like a scholarship to go to a local college. I, I stayed at home. And so doing electrical engineering for three years, staying at home in my, in my you know, childhood home in Grapevine really got me thinking and kind of buzzing of, okay, what do I actually like in life. And I was always involved with music and, and video. So I really started pouring into video and making more YouTube videos. And I posted my first YouTube video in 2011, but no one was a YouTuber. No one was doing that as their profession. So when I kind of acted on, hey, I want to pursue my dreams, my parents were still like, well, you should probably finish college if you're if you want to move to Nashville, Tennessee. And I was like, fine, okay. And then I went to Nashville. I loved it, made a lot of cool music friends, really started with uh, video and making music videos. And I was working at a production company. But one year at this private college in Nashville wiped out everything that I had saved in one semester. It was $15,000 for one semester. And that's when I really stepped back and I was like, okay, wait. Does this make sense? Is what I'm receiving, does that equate to $15,000 per semester? And, and you so, were in electrical engineering yeah, and yeah. computer science. Exactly. And, so yeah. I had switched my majors from EE to computer science, and I was still miserable after three years. And I was like, you know what? It is like I cannot be living my life for my plan B when I'm only 20 years old. Like I'm not doing this. So I was like, you know, guys, I can always go back. But right now, I just cannot do this. I was telling my parents, my grandparents, of course, I can always come back. But in my head, I was done. I was like, screw this. This is awful. I hate this. And I really went full force into video. And again, I linked up with a production company there. And I was doing these just boring corporate videos. So I didn't drop out to necessarily be a YouTuber, but I was doing YouTube on the side. And then I was uh, doing these random, you know, corporate boring videos. And I was like, one day you know, if it's five years or whatever, I'll do my own thing one day. This is better than studying something that I hate. How often have you thought about learning a new language only to be stopped by that memory of yours from the last time you tried to learn a language when it didn't go so well? Okay, maybe it wasn't a language that you were interested in learning, or perhaps all those poorly written textbooks in your sixth grade class weren't that well written after all. I have a great tip for you. It's called Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program around, available on desktop or app, no matter where you choose to learn it or what platform you choose to learn on, Rosetta Stone works and it truly immerses you in the language you choose to learn, quicker and easier than you ever imagined too. Maybe you're getting ready to travel abroad this summer and you want to learn a bit of Portuguese, let's say, before your trip. Rosetta Stone can help. I know this firsthand as I did just this before traveling to Portugal last year. I learned Portuguese through Rosetta Stone, and by doing so, I not only got a better grasp of the spoken language of Portugal, but it got me very excited for the trip itself before I went. They even have a true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation as you are learning, too. They've got you covered. Rosetta Stone's trusted experts are the real deal. 
They've been helping people just like you for over 30 years, helping millions of people to learn Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish, and my favorite, Portuguese. The lessons are five to 10 minutes long and include practical exercises so that you can pick up the language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. No English translations either, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in the language you are focused on, helping you get the long-term retention you are looking for. And who wouldn't want that? Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, the Kara Golden Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today today. In today's world, which I will admit can at times seem filled with too much of the wrong information, it's essential to find a good source that truly gets to the heart of what I want to know. I am super excited about our next sponsor as I've been a big fan of their content for some time now. That sponsor is the Washington Post. Their depth on topics from business to tech isn't just impressive, it's essential reading for me. Whether I'm catching up on the latest tech trends or understanding how the day's news truly impacts my family, the Washington Post is my trusted source. Let's talk specifics. Their business and tech coverage, absolutely top-notch. Just imagine having the most insightful articles at your fingertips, including the unparalleled AI reporting from Drew Harwell or the pulse on tech and online culture from Taylor Lorenz. And the best part? You can listen to articles just like you listen to this podcast, making it perfect for your busy lifestyle. I was just reading an article from one of my favorite Washington Post writers, Frances Stead Sellers. She covers entrepreneurs like myself, but also covers other interesting topics, including health, as well as some very interesting books. I also love getting their For You newsletter, which is their roundup of stories tailored just for my interests, right in my inbox every evening. The Washington Post app is super well done, I think. It makes it incredibly easy to stay up to date and follow my favorite journalists on the go. And if you ever thought that the Washington Post is just about politics, think again. They cover everything under the sun, from climate and culture to crosswords and cooking, providing a world of surprising stories and vital insights. Okay, enough of the love fest that I have for the Washington Post. Here's the deal. Being a listener of the Kara Golden Show has its benefits, and this one is too good to miss. Now is the time to sign up for the Washington Post. Go to WashingtonPost.com slash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. That's 80% off their typical offer. So this is truly a steal. Once again, that's WashingtonPost.com backslash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. And so the the month after I dropped out, I basically had a super viral video. You know, it was it was a few, it was actually like 
probably three or four months because it was gearing up to this. So I had a viral video and I also applied for something called the Adobe residency and I got it. So in the span of one month, I basically had a steady income from Adobe to just pursue my passion projects, um, which is crazy. It's called the Adobe Creative Residency. If you're wondering what it is, they basically pay you to pursue your passions. It's amazing. Which is And insane. they still do it today. And they still do it today. That's so great. Um, so all of a sudden, I went from 4,000 YouTube subscribers to over 100,000, and then I had a steady paycheck. So for an entire year, I was able to kind of just like shape my brand, figure out what videos are you know I really vibe with and I want to make and it was kind of off off to the races and you know now I've been living in New York for over three years now and I love it here it's it was definitely a shout out to my Mima in Texas she bought me a trip to New York for my graduation present and I had never experienced anything like it before it was my first time in New York and when I was walking the streets with Mima and Jeannie um I I just remember Oh my gosh, I don't know when, but I have to live here one day. Um, and it happened. And you did a brief stint in LA yeah. a couple of years ago. So, yeah, so that was more of kind of bouncing back and forth. So, um, my boyfriend, John, he lived in LA when I met him. And so, um, you know, we were doing the long distance thing and obviously I wanted to spend more time with him. So I was doing months at a time. I would come back to New York and that's when I lived in a rat infested apartment. So I was going to LA quite often. Yeah. You were like, I got to <laughs> yeah. get out of here. <laughs> exactly. So that's, that's awesome. So, yeah. so the first video, take me back. So the, so the focus, like, you know, it went viral. The focus was really like, what did you say to yourself? Like would be, you know, Sarah, Yeah. like what was the, I mean, this was before peachy and sort of the the branding and everything. How did you sort of think about that? I mean, so I, I posted my very first video in 2011 and I didn't go quote unquote viral until February of 2016. So, um, I think, the thing that a lot of people don't talk about a lot is just, okay, I was doing years and years of prep before this moment actually happened. So in 2015, when I dropped out, I was doing, um, that was the first time I became really consistent on YouTube. And I was every week aiming for something that would reach beyond my audience and then doing something for me. Um, So there was kind of this balance where I was making sure I was making videos that I really loved, whether that was, you know, someone else's story, like a docu-series and showing off their space and how they do what they do. And then I would do a video that was reviewing a camera where I I still love cameras and I love tech. That's obviously um, a focus of my channel. But, you know, maybe unboxing a camera and talking about the tech specs and going out and shooting with it isn't like the most it probably wasn't the most fulfilling, but it was still fun. Yeah. And there was a need for that. I mean, even in 2015, 2014, it wasn't the saturated space. I mean, I would do a video on the Canon 70D and I would be maybe one of only 10 videos on all of YouTube that really like showed it off and showed the video features and stuff. So I kind of found this niche where um, all of those videos were reaching beyond my audience. So I was I was really every week trying to figure out, okay, how do I grab more people? I would post literally a concert video of Taylor Swift. Like I went to the Taylor Swift concert in 2015 in Dallas, Texas, and that got like 40,000 views and I got 100 subscribers from that. Oh, fun. So really in the beginning, there was no focus, but just the more 
more eyes and more people. So would you talk about the tech aspects of like, okay, Taylor Swift no, and like no, what, I, what you I were using or no? I wasn't even in that video. And oh, wow. so from 2011 to 2015 was just whatever I wanted to post, I would post. And so later 2015, 2016 is when I really narrowed my focus. And so when I made this viral video about a big uh, vlogger, Casey Neistat, it was maybe one of four videos that I, I was literally planning and hoping to go viral. Like I kind of had a plan in my brain um, that, okay, this docu-series, this is for me, this is for my core audience, and I only get 500, 1,000 views, um, but people are stoked and the right people are watching that video. And then the next video, camera review, or you know, this video about Casey Neistat, this is really to reach beyond my audience. I want people to share it. I want people to find it on the YouTube suggestions and their homepage. Um, so it's funny because that wasn't the Casey video wasn't the first video that I had the intention of wanting it to reach beyond my audience. Um, but it exceeded my expectations of getting a million views in only a few days after he shouted it out. So what's so funny about that is like in that video at the end, I was like, hey, guys, everyone tweet at Casey this video, blah, blah, blah. So there's definitely like a call to action. And then in that same video, I was like, I have a new series. I have a new Creative Spaces TV series coming up. It was my second season of the docuseries that I made. So every kind of video like that I had, <laughs> I was almost I wasn't ready, but I was like, hey, I'm glad you came to my channel for this, but this passion project of mine, Creative Spaces TV, watch out because a new episode is coming out next week. So what was so great about that is I I, I was ready. I, I had this like epic series lined up. And so um, and then people had six years of content to go back and watch. So when they found my channel, they were like, oh, wow, I can just watch the stuff for days. And it really resonated. Um, you know, we have very similar audiences. So it was kind of it was it was kind of perfect how it worked out. That's awesome. Yeah, blew my expectations. And so, do you still do the same thing when you're building? I mean, it sounds like you're you know you sort of do like the unexpected a little bit now and then. I mean, do yeah, you still I mean, feel like you? Because every now and then, if I you know things have definitely evolved. Um, I'm still doing a lot of tech reviews, but now I've found that hey, like people are kind of bored with phones, and so am I. So a lot of these pivots that I do on YouTube usually are a result of kind of what I find fascinating. And then I, it kind of follows. I think what I'm interested in, what I'm bored with, I think um, kind of resonates with the larger audience. So, you know, I'm less focused on phones, but hey, like laptops are really interesting right now. So I've kind of pivot a lot of my videos to that. But then that just makes, you know, the random video of visiting Texas with my family and goofing around. You know, when I post one of those videos after like 20 tech reviews, that, that's I think that's kind of like a fun present for for my audience. Yeah. And, and they get to know you a little bit exactly. more and, and know that you're real. Exactly. And, and you're not just about information more than anything yeah. else. So. Yeah. And even in tech reviews, I try to, hey, how does this, you know, how can I incorporate this in my life? Or my friend's life, who's a programmer or a photographer, because it can get kind of boring when it's just me. And that's, I mean, I'm sure it's not, but that's how I started my channel was really focusing on other people. So I try to incorporate that as much as possible. And do you think, I mean, like what, what's sort of your favorite things right now that you're curious about? I mean, I feel like a lot of the stuff that you talk about too, that you haven't sort of baked an idea mm -hmm. that you actually have an opinion on it. You're sort of right, like, yeah. like, let me pull this person in and talk about, you know, you know, yeah. TikTok or something and, you know, right. right. Well, yeah, I think for, for my YouTube channel, it's probably more 
uh, what's the word? It's probably more focused than ever and mm-hmm. it kind of has a game plan. But I think with my podcast, That Creative Life is my like passion side project where I can explore all these things that I'm interested in. So I get to talk to people like you, you know, you're on my podcast. I'm like, oh, CEO of an epic, you know, water company. And there's so many cool things to explore with that. And I'm so fascinated by behind the scenes and process and okay, well, and I'm, I'm currently starting a software company right now. So I've had two years of interviews with CEOs and practitioners and operators. So I'm, I'm, I'm a very curious learner. And so whenever I get to create create content around that and I get to poke and prod and ask my questions and then to have an audience that is also curious about that is really exciting for me. So even though my YouTube channel is pretty, I wouldn't say predictable, but it's just like it's on a flow, right? My podcast is where I kind of have more fun and I get to just explore whatever I want to explore, the social media landscape, you know, how how do you run a business in 2020 and um, all of that stuff because I like meta things, but if you get too meta on YouTube, kind of ruins the, I wouldn't say illusion of it all, but people expect a certain thing on yeah. YouTube. No, they de- they definitely yeah. do. And I think it's just a matter of trying to figure out what that, that is. And totally. if you're going to change, then just announce that you are changing. Mm-hmm. And this is something that you're focused on. I totally agree. So, uh, so do you feel like I mean, how big is your team now? Like, I feel like you've grown from being just Sarah to there has to be a lot more people. Well, it's that's what I've been figuring out in the past year. And I've kind of gone through people and hiring is not a natural thing as a creative. Mm-hmm. I will say that it's it's been pretty tough because, you know, I mentioned operations and process. That's where I think a lot of creatives lack. I mean, we get numbers and we get noticed for not building a respectable team and process we I mean the biggest things that I've made are kind of oh hey I have this idea at 2 a.m how do I get this done in two days and I'm just gonna throw everything I have at it and let's hope it works so that's been the biggest challenge honestly recently is kind of building up a team and I hired my first full-time person didn't really work out um I'm learning that working with just like a solid group of freelancers I think is way better for what I'm doing just because people creative types I think really like their like creating their own hours and that's what I'm figuring out so when I had someone coming to my office from nine to five it just it wasn't good for either of us and it almost became like an entirely new full-time job that I had so since what I do is so project-based and right now I have so many videos to do and so the fact that I can you know have two editors kind of going at the same time and Every project is different. If it's um, like I'm working on a target, a video, like a vlog for Target right now, it'll go on their YouTube channel. And it, there's no me at all in it. I just help film them and I'm editing it. And so that's a little bit more precious. And there's there's so many things going on. So that I sat down, edited that full thing over a week. And then, you know, I hired a graphics person to help me with some visual effects. So it's very project based. And I've, I've gotten in a flow with like two editors. And then I'm trying to hire kind of like more of a project manager right now who can yes, help me film maybe a couple days a month, but I'm pretty good with uh, filming on my own. So um, figuring out someone who can be that middleman in email and coordinate, hey, you need this keyboard and this computer for this video and letting me know that, hey, all the parts or all this have come in for this video. We're going to film it on Tuesday at 10 a.m. And so that's mm-hmm. what I'm working on now. But so. you still as you know, sort of, you still know 
how to do this stuff, right? Oh, it's more yeah. about, I mean, <laughs> like I think people, when I look at you and sort of scaling your business too, I, and I talk to lots of CEOs uh, about this, that, you know, I think like the best CEOs today are the ones that ultimately, uh, you know, are know how to do everything, right? right they may right. not do it, but yeah. you know enough to sort of get you in mm-hmm. trouble, yeah, right? Oh, totally. About all these and, different things. And I think it's just that yeah. that's so critical. And mm-hmm. I love to hear that you actually, you know. Yeah, it's a, I mean, it's a challenge. And I think it's what I'm learning right now too, um, is when, when you are so attached to something, it's so much harder to let go. And that's why with editing and, you know, even... I'll say this, even with my podcast, it took me so long to hand that off to an editor. There is nothing creative about how you edit a podcast. You just, you check off a few things and you're good. But for some reason, I was like, oh, wait, but what if they don't take out that time that I stammered and, you know, it just, it didn't make me look good or, or, you know, there's a lot, you can imagine how many things that go through my super obsessive editing self but yeah but you do hand it off to yeah, so somebody now, do, now. But yeah it, it took me a week to sit down and write down every single thing yeah it took me so many podcasts and books to realize oh wait when people talk about writing process down they're literally opening up a word document and they are typing down every single thing it's like the mcdonald's thing you know they went to the freaking french fry factory and wrote down every single uh, part of the process on how to make an amazing McDonald's French fry. So now I'm approaching it differently and it's going well now because I have everything written down. So if I have to hire a new freelancer because that person is out of town, oh, it's not super stressful. So yeah. And I think that what you're talking about is scaling. So you've never had to like raise money though to do. No. Well, no. Um, I definitely see Sarah Peachy YouTube, that is like full on lifestyle business. You know, that is, I never, it's, it's too precious to me. You know, I'm fully aware that it'll probably max out at a million. And then, cause you, there's only so much you can do with your own audience and stuff. And you can always make more videos. You can also uh, always grow your audience, but it's not going to be this crazy, multi million dollar startup. Um, and that's, that's actually why recently kind of started this AI content creation uh, business with a programmer friend and we are like off to the races and we definitely contemplated oh is this is this you know the right thing to raise money on and like should we do what everyone else is doing and luckily my co-founder he has uh, already a a business in place that is going smoothly. And basically the two co-founders of that business are my two co-founders for this business. It's called Switchboard. Hopefully you'll see it out in the world in six months. That's Um, awesome. um, And we kind of, you know, it was definitely a discussion we had to have, but we're like, wait, a lot of people raise money for customer acquisition and you have me. Like I have the exact audience who would be, who would love to use this product. And then they have a current business that is going to enable us to hire our first few round of programmers. And so I think when you don't have to raise money, I think maybe it's kind of one of those things that like, hey, maybe try going the other route of Mm -hmm. just, you know, like bootstrapping. So um, yeah, no, I, th- I think that that is so true that it's, it's, um, it, I mean, we didn't raise any money for our business, very different business, a mm-hmm. physical goods business, but I always tell people that we waited 
for a few years because we also showed the value of the company. And frankly, like I didn't want to borrow, you know, not that that it's necessarily borrowing, but I, I uh, you know, looked at raising money as as I wanted to make sure that it was successful first and that there was traction. And, and so, yeah, exactly. I don't think there's anything wrong. It's just yeah. I, I see all these companies that raise tens of millions of dollars for something that isn't even a product mm-hmm. yet. And it's like, and it's not to say that you can't do it, but yeah. I, I think it's it's interesting. So I also feel like, you know, you're what you're doing on YouTube too is is from a gender standpoint. I mean, I think you're you're just a role model also for young women who are actually, you know, doing. Substant, substantial like information right, on there right. and and sort of building. How do you view that? I mean, mm-hmm. or do you feel like they're, do you feel alone out there at, at times? Yeah, I, mean, I mean, it was weird because as a, as a young adult in high school, I would, I would love watching iJustine's channel. Um, and she was really this powerful woman in this tech space and you don't you don't see that a lot and so it's it's interesting to now kind of be on I'm definitely not on her level she's amazing but in in that same space as she is and kind of looking around and being like oh, okay I thought there was definitely gonna be more women at at this time um I think it's definitely you know there's definitely more now but I think there's always so much so much more to do so if I can be that role model and you know be the reason why girls get into tech or um, even what I failed at computer science you know I have a lot of really cool girls that I hang out with who are going to NYU for computer science and starting their career in coding and it's it's so exciting yeah. to see and so cool why do you to think see. you failed I don't think you well, fail it, I mean maybe I didn't fail I just hated it yeah <laughs> You just you just decided to leave, but I think right, it's your right. journey, which was obviously like taking you to do this, yeah, and, you know, yeah. inspire people and, exactly. and know that you know very smart people sometimes, you know, may not continue going to school or may switch careers or however you want to look yeah, at it. And I think that's super inspiring. It's cool to it. It all kind of comes full circle too now that I'm working with a lot of programmers and interfacing with them every day now you know trying to build this thing it would be really cool to more understand programming right now and I think it's such a powerful tool like if you know how to do that you can build really anything and it's it's so powerful and so I'm glad because I love making videos that is like my 100% true passion. I don't think I would be where I am without that. So I think it's like, if you're not coding, make content. If you're not making content, code, because you can do anything with those two things. So a couple other questions affiliated with, with your brand. So favorite camera today? Oh, yes. Okay. I use so many different cameras, but I have to say Sony a7 III is such a amazing versatile photo video camera for it's specifically for videos or yeah or like- it's it's like the perfect hybrid camera so i i shoot most of my youtube videos on it and all of my pictures are taken on that camera and it's in that you know 1500 to 2000 dollars price range and sony makes a lot of great glass now so hands down sony a7 III we're all waiting for the Sony A7S III to come out, which is kind of like the Sony A7S II was the first mirrorless 
video camera that really changed the game. I mean, you could shoot 120 frames per second at 1080. That was like unheard of in a tiny camera five years ago. So Sony's always doing some great stuff. The Blackmagic Pocket Cinema camera, I've been getting really into lately, shooting some of my bigger projects on that. I'm always about the what can you get for like the $2,000 to $3,000 price range that's still small, you're going to carry it with you because I think a lot of people think they need these massive cameras to get, you know, and you don't, you you really don't. And if you have that, you're probably not going to bring it along with you for a lot of things. Usually you end up just using your iPhone because that super fancy camera that you spent $5,000 on is too big to bring. You just don't want to haul it around. So finding that sweet spot is is really good because you, you actually use it. Yeah, I think that that's true. And a special lens or no, the lenses are all... Okay, yes. So the 35 1.4... Sony is my is my go-to for pictures. Awesome. And then the 16 to 35 F4 with image stabilization is like the best thing for video. Software you can't live without. Adobe Premiere, even though even though it gives me a headache sometimes, it's like And it's for I, editing. Yeah, and, so it's yeah. for video editing. Yeah. And recently I made a video um editing in DaVinci Resolve, which is uh, a close second to it. And, it. and that's a great program. That's free too. So anyone who wants to start getting in video, I recommend just download DaVinci Resolve. It's and free. And just start playing with and it. And just start. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And just start seeing what Yeah, what but I on. love Premiere. I love my Adobe Creative Cloud suite, even though it's a little pricey. You know, you get Photoshop, Lightroom, you get all the things. So um, can't, yeah, I'm a Premiere gal. That's awesome. So 2020, the company hopefully will get launched. Yeah. So we're looking at in hopefully six months from today, there's going to be something out there. We're working hard with two to three programmers just That's coding awesome. all the time. Here, here yeah, in New here York. In New York yeah. That's awesome. Well, tell us if we can hydrate you guys as well. Oh, with yes. Hints. Of so course. What's your favorite hint flavor? Oh, watermelon. Yeah. That's so easy for me. Not peach? <laughs> what? I know. Sarah? Sarah DG sure. Rhymes with Peachy yeah. is a watermelon. Yeah. Uh, but okay. I will say this blood orange is like Maybe we should do a really watermelon good. peach just Ooh, for Sarah. That would right? be interesting. We'll do the Sarah Let's do it. We can just have my face on it. Just yeah. super big on the label. <laughs> Wouldn't that be awesome? <laughs> you walk into Walmart, there's Sarah Peachy on a hint. Yeah, bottle. wouldn't that be awesome? So that would be that would be super, super great. So what makes you unstoppable? Oh gosh. Wow, you stumped me with that one. I you mean, almost... I have a few ideas. I can start okay, to jump maybe in you on start. it. Yeah, I'll start. <laughs> so the fact that you that you just started. Yeah. Right? Like you just you I think like that's the biggest thing when I you know, talk to people and I'm actually, you and I started to talk about this earlier. So I'm writing a book and I'm mm-hmm. finishing it up. It'll be out next sep- September. Um, yeah. It's You'll called, have to come called, back on the podcast I again know. on mine. It's called Undaunted and Ooh. it's it's about the making of Hint, but it's cool. also about the journey of just going and doing it. Because I think that in every single industry, every, you know, all genders, it's, the consistent thread amongst people that can't do it is their own, you know, bias and walls that say they can't, right? And they can't start. And so I always tell people, like, you got to just start. Like, even if you, you know, didn't, even if you weren't successful, if you feel like you failed or whatever it is, like, just starting. Mm -hmm. Just go and start doing something because you'll 
probably do a lot of things wrong, but then you might do a couple of things right. And then you don't know where that journey is going to go. Like you started to go to school yeah, and you started and to think, figure out whether or not you were going to do yeah. it. And, and then you came and started your company. And- yeah. I think trusting your gut is so huge because when, whenever I was in college and hating it, I had to take a step back and really notice, okay, wait, I'm editing videos from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. And it's like I'm, I'm doing this when, when no one else is telling you to do this one thing and then you're spending so many hours on it and then you have a finished product and you're so stoked and it like makes you feel alive. If you are lucky enough to ever experience that, like finding a passion, I think it's a total disservice to not just try and pursue that at all costs. And so what that looked like for me was dropping out of college and kind of going against the grain. Even in 2015, that was was still kind of like, well, you know, should you, Sarah, you know, from the grandparents and my dad, just finish. It's only a year and a half. Just finish. And then really having – I think people need to have like value conversations in terms of when going to college – what you are paying for that you will probably be paying off for the rest of your life, is that worth what you're getting? Do you enjoy this? Do you see the relationships that you're building um, as, you know, crazy valuable? That was the thing is I was never super social in college. I wasn't doing the one thing that probably college is valuable at and that's relationships and talking to your professors and talking to your colleagues. And I was so obsessed with video and uh, just creating that I found this amazing community outside of college. So I took a step back and said, oh, everything that I want to do in life, I can do without college. And so why do I want to give them just money for something that I hate? So um, really having that um, I, conversation with yourself, I think is, is so important. And, Have you and thought about teaching? As crazy as that may sound. I, I mean, honestly, when I was in high school, I did a lot of tutoring because um, I, I really enjoyed math and science. And that's why I went into electrical engineering. So and that's why I teach a lot on my YouTube channel. I mean, I, I see having the abilities to edit videos and to just create content, I think, is so powerful. So if I can help people bridge that gap and learn how to use Premiere or learn how to use a camera, I mean, that is so fulfilling for me. And so, yeah, there's definitely that's, you know, Probably 20% of my videos are more tutorial-based or sharing my story and um, ranting on college a lot. And so I don't think I would ever in high school, I was like, oh, I can just be a high school teacher if all else fails. But I don't think I would ever teach in the traditional sense because I do not believe in the traditional sense of education. Yeah. That's, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, I think, I, think that's, I think that's fine. And I think yeah. that there is definitely, there's a lot of people that are listening to it may be questioning that themselves mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. or may have, you know, a, a kid yeah. that's actually questioning it too. And Definitely. I think it's really valuable for them to hear your story yeah. and sort of how you thought about it yeah. and and found your passion mm-hmm. too, which is huge. Yeah. So so where do people find you? Yes. Um, you can find me at Sarah Dietschy everywhere on Twitter and Instagram. It's S-A-R-A. S-A-R-A-D-I-E-T, like diet, S-C-H-Y. And then you could probably just Google me. Yeah. Google my name. Yeah. You'll find my YouTube channel, yeah. Twitter, Instagram. And then my That Creative Life episode with Kara was really good. Yay. So you can check out the episode we did um, together, which is I would love to um, do more awesome. of that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Too, that's great. So, yeah. and uh, yeah, this is awesome. So good. Well, thanks for making time for of us course. today. And everybody check out Sarah and she'll become your new favorite person. So, thanks for having yeah, me, Kara. Thanks so much. <laughs>
you like what you heard, please help spread the word and leave us a review. You can also follow along with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Kara Golden. Do you have a question for me or want to nominate an innovator to Spotlight? Please talk to me at Kara Golden on Twitter. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, be unstoppable. Unstoppable. Unstoppable.